contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. You know me. I'm Andrew Brandt bringing you what I hope to be new, keen perspectives and insights, taking you behind the curtain, what really happens in the sports world. Got a few rants on this Brant's Rants edition of the podcast. As always, we're presented by betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. As you know, they're the exclusive partner of the Podcast One Sportsnet, of which this podcast is part of that group. Use that promo code PODCAST1. All caps, receive that 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag, my first rant of the week is about my week, which is a little different week for me, usually doing my academia and media responsibilities. This one I'm doing a lot with and for, a new venture that I'm involved with that I talked about on the podcast before with the inimitable Gary V that a lot of people know, this sort of serial entrepreneur, advice, social, digital media guru extraordinaire. Gary uh, and his people were very involved in a conference in Ohio this week that I have come and spoken at. I'm I'm recording now from rainy Columbus, Ohio in the middle of the week. So it's been an interesting thing and being able to sort of share my insights and experience with a vast audience of what I wanted to do and joining Gary V is sort of present it to much more than a sports audience a lot of business entrepreneurs, digital marketers, people in that space sort of hearing lessons from sports that I think, and I'm happy that they've told me, are completely transferable to business, to entrepreneurship, to digital marketing, to sports marketing, to all kinds of marketing and management. So these are skills from lessons learned that hopefully can be transferred to a business world. So doing that, and as part of my responsibilities with Vayner, I'm not going to be an agent. I told, I'm not going to recruit. I'm not going to be chasing on players like I did many years ago, the traditional model for the sports agent. But what I am going to do is help out with big meetings and big recruits and, and sort of big, give a 30,000-foot view on a bigger picture in sports management and, of course, representing players. So as a condition of that, I told Vayner, Gary V that I would get certified. So on Friday, my birthday, I'm going to be taking the agent exam. So the NFLPA now has, I don't know, close to 900 agents for 1,800 players. Most of these agents have one or less clients because, of course, all the big-name players are sort of jumbled at the top with the big agencies. So, But Vayner Sports, I think, has promise, and that's why I joined. I think A.J. Vaynerchuk, Gary's brother, is going to be a star in the industry and I'm trying to help him out, and I'm going to be there for him. So one of the things I talked about was getting certified, and I'm doing that. So I have to take the test. <laughs> I guess i got to study. I have taken this test before a couple times, one when I was an agent way back in the day. And you know what? When I left the Packers, I did become certified. I took the test. So I went from being at the Packers to a few months later sitting and taking that test in Washington, D.C., passing it, and I was certified to be an agent. And then, soon after that, the Philadelphia Eagles called and asked me to work on their contracts, be a consultant with them. I didn't want to go work for them as an employee, but a consultant. And then there was a big hubbub one day where I kind of didn't really let the union know, hey, by the way, as an agent, I'm working for a team. Uh, So one day that became known. I guess some agents kind of tattled and said, hey, Brant, 
your agent is working for the Eagles and in-house. I was also writing a column while working for the Eagles, but hey, why not? And uh, so anyway, they summarily removed my certification back then, uh, seven, eight years ago, while I was sort of advising the Eagles. So I got to start over again. Now there's going to be a two-day seminar. Uh, I guess they get into what might be on the test. And at the end of the two days on Friday afternoon, again, my birthday, the 19th, they will give the test and I will try to pass, even though uh, I've been doing this for like 30 years, I would hope I would be able to pass, but we'll see. Um, uh, full disclosure, I'm not really studied, but I will attend the seminar and see what happens there. So what you need to know about me this week, got involved on the speaking side, on the business side with Gary V and Vayner Sports and uh, Vayner Media. And then, of course, on the sports side with Vayner Sports, I'm going to be taking that test. So think of me, if you hear this, uh, before or during on Friday, sitting with, I don't know, they're probably going to be like 200 aspiring agents trying to get in the business, and I'll be one of them. <laughs> back to certification. Yeah, back in time, uh, getting another certification here as an agent. That's my first rant of the week, and let's get to football as we talk about it. In my second rant, and that is about reports of collective bargaining between these two sides, the side that I'm going to be sitting with on Friday and Thursday, the NFLPA, and of course the NFL side where I sat with as part of the Packers for 10 years. So hopefully I'm the poster child for harmonious labor relations and can give insights into what goes on. And I think the thing about bargaining, we hear reports that things are positive, we may get a CBA before uh, the season, wow, that'd be great, and thankfully they're listening to me, or probably not, but I've been saying this, and I'll say it again right now. Demore Smith, head of the union, Roger Goodell, head of the league, have been extended. Their contract situations go far past 2021 when the CBA expires, so they are empowered to do a deal. We don't need to hear about, need to hear about Armageddon in two years. We don't need to hear about structural lockouts. Get it done. And so are they trying to get it done? It sounds like they are. The question to me is, can they get it done with a lot of these outstanding issues? What we don't know are the priorities. My sense is the priority for the NFL, the league, is always the same as it was eight years ago, which is get the money, get the economic split they want, get the revenue share. And the split went before the last CBA to about 50-50 to about 53-47 in favor of the owners which is, of course, worth billions of dollars over 10 years, and they got those percentage points. If I'm the union, my priority is get one or two or hopefully three of those percentage points back, back. And that is a tough ask to these relentless negotiating owners that they're dealing with. So how is it going to happen? Well, I don't know. The union's got to find something to give. You think about it, if you follow football and labor, what do the union have to give? Marijuana? No, that's the owner's got testing on that. It's not something a union has to give. Franchise tag? That's the owner's. Uh, commissioner power? That's the owner's. Uh, minimum spending requirements? That's a good deal for the owners. They only are subject to testing on it every four years. And 89%, so 11%, is really free money for the league. It's got to be higher than that. So all of this is sort of swaying to the owner's side. So what can the union give? Now we get to the issue of the day, which is the 18-game season. And, of course, there's boisterous pushback from the president of the union, Eric Winston, from other players, from media, from Demoris Smith. We're never going to do that. That's not good for the players. 
Well, that's good talk here in July, but when we get to September, if they're really trying to do a deal, there's got to be some give because I'm quite, I'm trying to think, what can the union bargain with? And it, to me, one of the only things they can bargain with is an 18 or 17 game schedule, giving in on that to get what they want. And I assume what they want is one, two, or three, ideally, percentage points on the money or better minimum spending. You know, we can talk about what they want to get rid of the franchise tag. Well, good luck with that. It's such a weapon for the NFL. Can you imagine the NBA owners with a franchise tag? Maybe they want to get rid of commissioner power, judge, jury, and executioner of Roger Goodell. Well, that always comes up, and it's never an issue in bargaining. It's never something. I mean, it's going to fall by the wayside when we talk about bigger issues. A big issue that's got to be dealt with is gambling revenues. The NFL starting to jump, put their toe in the water. Caesars, a sports, a casino deal. There's going to be more. There's going to be tons of revenues. Asset values are going to go up. We're talking about stadium credits is another thing. The NFL wants to take aside money out of the cap towards building new stadiums. That's another give from the players. So I guess the question is, what do the NFLPA have where they can get a give? From the owners, and I can only come up with 18-game schedule. Not only will the players get more money overall because of the increased revenues, people talk about $2.5 billion of the length of the deal, but if they get a percentage point or two out of it, then they're going from 47 to 48 or 49, and they get a double bonus out of that, if the NFL would even give that to get their cherished 17 or 18 games. So I think there's going to be a lot of discussion, but one thing I just want to impress upon these listeners is when we talk about gives and what's an easy give and what's a way to sort of even out things or what's a way for the NFL to get an 18-game schedule, well, again, the NFL has a lot to give. The NFLPA has nothing to give unless they'll agree to play more games, which is what the NFL wants. So I'm just sort of floored at, at people sort of discussing this without the knowledge, of, without telling me. I haven't heard one person, including a lot of I respect, talk about how that's going to work. How is the NFLPA supposed to do a deal here and gain something? Because they're not just going to get it for free. So that's my rant of the week um, about the bargaining situation. And I think there's more to talk about as we get closer to that. I, you know, listen... I covered the NFLPA-NFL bargaining sessions eight years ago <clears throat> in my writing, in my talking, in my uh, ESPN on TV. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that was a tough one. The NFL was coming off a bad deal for them uh, in 2006, and they clawed back. Now, can the NFLPA claw back? That's a tougher one because the NFLs just they're not going to sit back and give back unless, here we go again, they get more games. So that's just one to watch as we approach these sort of reports about harmonious labor relations with the NFL. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm happy. I'm loving it that there's even talk of that or that they're even talking, which they supposedly are again this week. So we'll see where that goes. And another rant of the week about the NFL as we approach training camp, we have to talk about Melvin Gordon. I haven't addressed that. He's a running back with the LA Chargers. For people who don't know, entering his fifth year, as a first-round pick, you have a four-year deal, but the team can put on another year with an option payment. He's got that, so he's looking at it. He knows what the running back shelf life is. He knows how teams discard running backs so easily. He wants to get paid. He doesn't want to sit with this $5 million and free agency after that. Who knows, a franchise tag like Le'Veon Bell, that could happen. 
So he's making some noise, and the noise is potentially not showing up for camp. Now, he would suffer 30000 a day. He would suffer whatever prorated bonus if it goes into that. But the real issue is, are the Chargers going to react? My sense is, no, they're not. They'll sit and wait for him to show up. Whether it's during camp or whether it's the season, I'm just going to stake my ground right here. He will show up. Melvin Gore is not going to miss the season. He's not going to do a Le'Veon Bell. And maybe because of Le'Veon Bell, he shows that he became a free agent and one team basically was interested. One. One. The New York Jets negotiating against themselves. So here's where we are with Melvin Gordon. I admire him. I respect him. I say it all the time. The union needs its own. I'm sorry, running backs need their own union. But good luck trying to get the Chargers to do something they don't need to do. Now, the Chargers could do one of these sort of free money things for one year, throw on some incentives, throw on some performance bonuses, throw on some per-game rosters, throw on some workout clauses, give him more than $5 million this year, free money. And he's still a free agent next year, assuming they don't use the tag, if that makes him happy. But he wants what every player wants. Tear up the deal, give me a brand new spanking deal. They're not going to do that. And even if they wanted to do that, they're not going to do it. Because again, here's the issue with working for a team. I've been there. You do one thing, you got a line at the door. They want it too. You did it for Melvin. Do it for me. You got players coming up. You know, Boza is going to be coming up on a fifth-year option. What you know, you're not going to do it for Boza if you did it for a much valuable position, more valuable position, DN than running back. Sure. And here's the thing about running backs: we see it every year. I know we're going to talk about Zeke Elliott and special running backs, but gosh. You know, we see it every year, replaceable. I remember people asking me uh, when Eddie Lacy with the Green Bay Packers was having those great first year and I think second year, like, oh, how are the Packers going to afford Eddie Lacy? (laughs) He's out of the league. No one wanted Eddie Lacy. You know, the running back market is cratered and it's a sign. Teams are going young. They're getting these players on rookie contracts that they get incredible value. And sure, we look at Ezekiel Elliott and we think, oh, they got to pay him. But will they have to pay him after they use him up for these four years? Saquon Barkley, how valuable is he going to be after four years of getting pounded? So it's just a tough thing. And I think it even gets back to the college draft eligibility rule. You almost want to feel like, okay, for every other position, you need three years out of high school. But for running back, let them earn their money. You know, all those carries Zeke Elliott had at Ohio State for free. All those carries Melvin Gordon had at Wisconsin for free. You know, it just seems inequitable. And having said that, I'm pretty sure Melvin Gordon is fighting an uphill climb and has no way out. His leverage? Sitting out? Good luck. Good luck. They'll play Eckler. They'll play the other running back. He'll do okay. He won't be Melvin Gordon. You know, this is James Conner in in Pittsburgh. How much did they miss Levy and Bell? Was Levy and Bell more is better than James Conner? Of course he is. But fifteen million compared to six hundred thousand, Conner's a lot more valuable. So even five million versus whatever Eckler's making in uh, in San Diego. I'm sorry, in L.A. Yeah, they'll do it. They'll get another running back who's okay. And again, we get to the Todd Gurley example, highest paid running back, gets hurt. Chris, uh, what's his name, C.J. Anderson comes in off the couch, fat. He acknowledges he's fat. 
and gains 200-some yards over two games. So uh, this is where we are with running backs. I feel for Melvin Gordon. Obviously, I'm partial to him as someone who lived in Wisconsin all those years uh, where he went, but that's just what happens. Feel for the guy. So that's my rants of the week about what's going on. in, uh, And then a final rant about my Sixers. Uh, i become a huge 76ers fan. The business of basketball, wow. Philadelphia 76ers went all in now on all their stars. You know, they gave Tobias Harris this monstrous free agent contract, 180 or $190 million over five years. They gave Horford, older player, 33, $100 million. They already gave Joe Embiid $150, $60 million. And now we see $170 million for Ben Simmons. That's a lot of money. So basically... They bought in. Now, they didn't get Jimmy Butler back. So they do have one player that's not making 20-plus million a year uh, on their on their roster, starting roster. I guess it's Josh Richardson only making 10 a year. Think about that. But this is the business of basketball. Now, the good thing is 76ers don't have to worry about their core being broken up. That could be the bad thing. What if it doesn't work? Then they're set. I mean, that's their team. You know, this is their team going forward. There's little margin for error. And, of course, they're going to be a favorite for the Eastern Conference title, I think. But you're all in. And uh, we've reached the point after years of the process with the Philadelphia 76ers, they are all in. There's no more process. This is it. And they got to win with this thing. And as I say that, who knows? Because we've seen in the NBA, Paul George was all in. OKC, right? Russ Westbrook, all in. OKC, right? No, gone. Kawhi, it wasn't all in. <laughs> but now he's only all in and with Clippers for two years and Paul George, too. Uh, Anthony Davis, one point, was all in. No. So we'll see how this plays out. Going back to the ultimate argument is that NBA players have the leverage. There's no franchise tag. They have, you know, these 20 players in the NF- NBA, maybe it's 30. I mean, what power they have. I heard this on uh, Bill Simmons, I think. You know, what if a Jeff Bezos, a Mark Zuckerberg, a Google executive says, okay, I want these 30 guys and I'll pay them each $100 million or more and we'll start a league. They'd kill the NBA. They'd kill it. Stars of the game. So... You know, Simmons brought that up, and as a business aficionado in sports, I'm like, oh my God, he's right. You know, wait until digital media really is a player in sports. Wait until the NFL's uh, paradigm shifts. Instead of the Fox, CBS, ESPN, NBC, the overlay, and Amazon, Twitter, Google, the underlay, wait until that shifts. And then the money in sports, and then the digitizing of sports. It's going to happen. I just don't know when. And again, it could happen on the player side. What if Jeff Bezos said, okay, I want them all? You know, when their contracts are up, they're coming with me Kawhi, LeBron, Durant, Curry, Thompson, Irving, Simmons, Embiid. Just go down the list. And wow, what if they did that? And then filling around them with guys making a million, you know, five, ten million dollars. So uh, it's an interesting concept. Um, you know, we do have maximum salaries and a salary cap in the NBA, 
Jeff Bezos worth a hundred billion dollars is not going to have that or anything like that. So just a thought we'll hear where it goes. <coughs> and, uh, those are my rants for this Brant's Rants edition. All kinds of things happening of this Business of Sports podcast. Now, final word from Bet Online. Uh, they are the sponsor of this podcast, and we've reached the midway point of Major League Baseball. Excitement is heating up. Only one place has you covered. That is, of course, betonline.ag. Sign up for the free BetOnline AG promo code podcast1 so we know what's going on in baseball. This is the big time. We have the American League, teams that are really sort of dominating, Yankees, Minnesota, Houston, and National League, Dodgers, Cubs, Braves. Excitement. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code PODCAST1. Major League Baseball, second half underway. Get in on the action. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I hope you enjoyed this Brant's Rants edition of the Business of Sports podcast. Thanks to producer extraordinaire Brian Neal. Really appreciate all of you that leave comments and ratings on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate it. And that you follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brand. And I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.